This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your slightly sick host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two fantastic human beings, Brian Murray. Hello. And Tia Vasilio. Hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm super happy that you're here. I'm super happy to not be dead from this head cold. And you know, this is episode 139. We never say the episode numbers on our show. I want people to know that this isn't some major conspiracy. We're not recording all of these episodes in a bunker and just releasing them in a timely manner um, and like making up faults and mistakes. We actually have episode numbers in advance, we know. We just don't know the titles until the show's recorded because sometimes we, we say fun, great things, and that's how we title the show. Anyways, enough about how we make the show. How have you both been? How have comic books been? I, I'm just talking and talking. Let's start with Tia. Well, I just moved, so I'm dead, and my ghost is recording <laughs> this podcast right now. Oh, spooky. Yeah. Oh, moving sucks. I, yeah, I don't recommend anyone move ever. No. Period. Never. I, I literally was like, can't I just leave all my stuff here and get new stuff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take a few comics. It's fine. But instead, I moved all my comics. And you know what? I turns out I have a lot of comics. That that tends to happen. There was actually a point. Um, so my, my friend kept me company on uh, FaceTime while I was packing my comics. And I literally was like wearing a Wicked shirt and packing all my comics. And she was just like, you've been packing Wicked comics for a straight hour. What? <laughs> like, wow. There's no there's no way you own that many Wictiv comics. Come on. Okay, but they're up to what number now? Like in the mid 30s? 30 and something, you yeah. gotta figure like a handful of variant covers for a bunch of them and at least one variant cover each. And then like I've got like all the hardcovers and all the oh, trades I, uh, and like I always forget just, about all the special editions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that you there's have. just so much. It was like a solid hour of just like, is that all you have in your house? <laughs> And you're this probably a lot more careful than uh, Mike and I are, too. Yeah, yeah. I just grab the long box and walk out the door. So, <laughs> yeah, I really should have, like, actually started packing probably bef- the, before the night before I was supposed to pack. That also yeah. could have helped. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at these things, okay? But I did manage to read some comics as I was packing because I'm very easily distracted when I am doing something I don't want to do. Right. So I read, hang on, what did I read? I'm dead. Oh, I read the Labyrinth Special, which is an anthology of short stories that center on kind of more minor characters from the film. Uh, You may have seen uh, that I wrote it up for the Mary Sue, so you can check that out. Uh, Basically, you know... The theme that I noticed in most of the stories was kind of the way that that various goblins have like companionship in the maze. The little worm guy has his wife and Ambrosius and Sir Didymus have each other. And like even the really dumb goblins, like they hang out together, like they have friends. And the only one who really stands apart from that is Jareth. And it makes a lot of sense why he would be like stealing babies and stuff because he just, you know, he's bored and lonely and (laughs) these goblins are idiots. And so actually, um, 
RKO from Boom does a lot of Jim Henson titles that I really love. They did um, The Power of the Dark Crystal, which is a sequel to The Dark Crystal. And um, there's a bunch of Jim Henson properties that they do comic adaptations for. And they're going to do a labyrinth uh, like backstory that focuses on Jareth and how he kind of came to become the Goblin King and and his history with, with the Goblin Kingdom. That's coming out, I think, in like February. So this was a really good kind of prequel to that. Not prequel, but like something good to read to kind of get in the mindset and get really pumped for that. Cool. So I like that a lot. The, uh, More David Bowie, the better, right? Oh, gosh. It's just all the David Bowie. All of it. Oh, we're coming up on the anniversary, aren't we? Wasn't it in January? Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. We started the year off real terrible. I know. We on top of other things. We should have known. <laughs> he was, maybe he was what was keeping the world like in its proper place. So I always thought that like Bowie and Prince were like the two final seals that had to be broken. And Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, it's like I I was I read a tweet. Someone said maybe the rapture happened and the only people that were saved were Carrie Fisher, Prince, and David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Good choices. Oh I mean. God, I mean, if David Bowie could live through like years of doing nothing but coke, drinking milk, and eating peppers, like how could, I don't understand how anything could kill him. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He must have chosen to go. I yeah, I don't mean exactly. to like make this into a weird comedy story, but really, that's that's insanity. Yeah. Or he died years ago, and the coke finally wore off. <laughs> <laughs> like he reached the end of his coke reserve and just collapsed. <laughs> okay, well, if you miss David Bowie, you should read this labyrinth book, and then there is a David Bowie, David Bowie, a Jareth. Same same difference, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's like going to be a Jareth series coming out in uh, in the early spring. Moving on, I also read the finale of Heartthrob season two, which is number five. This is by Christopher Sabela, Robert Wilson Fourth, and Nick Flaherty. This is the one where Callie uh, gets a heart transplant, and then she like starts to see the ghost of the guy who got she got the heart from, and he's like this bank robber guy and they start going on a, a like crime spree and that all happened in season one and then in season two they kind of like break up oh yeah they also are like, having a love affair and then in season two they kind of break up and she goes off on her own and she's like I'm a big crime boss now and she has her own kind of like crime crew and um I don't want to but she also is kind of like Robin Hooding it in a way so like she's not I don't know I like Callie a lot. Um, is she just stealing for the thrill of it then? Basically, yeah. Um, so in the finale, and it looks like there's going to be a third season, so I don't want to spoil anything, but I really love endings where the blaze of glory isn't the end. Like, it happens, but then there's this whole aftermath where the characters kind of have to, like, deal with their shit and, like it's boring and sucky not like the story isn't boring but just like what the character is going through it's like now i have to deal with like boring real life shit because that's life and right that and i like stories that deal with that because (coughs) i don't know it it almost makes it feel 
more authentic, like more genuine. You can relate to the the character more that because you know life isn't a blaze of glory twenty four seven, right? So, right. Um, so I really like that they actually took the time to kind of like deal with some of Callie's shit because she's pretty fucked up at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also picked up this really beautiful book from Comicsology Submit. It's an indie book by Rick Quinn and Martin Lor. I think it's pronounced Lorbiki. Uh, Anyway, the book's called The Ghost Butterfly. It's really beautiful watercolor art, and it's a kind of post-apocalyptic setting where this guy um, goes out and looks for his wife, who he lost in the, you know, in the event, and he encounters this kind of glowing butterfly, and I think it's, like, strongly implied that it's, like, somehow his wife. And it was really beautiful and poignant, and, uh, you know, it just, I sometimes am not as good as I'd like to be about just kind of discovering new stuff new indie stuff and so i was like you know what i i'm gonna do that today and i'm glad i did because i found something really beautiful so you know go wander sometimes go wander past the big two sometimes i like that yeah i like that we'll get that on a t-shirt we'll get that ready for emerald city (laughs) (laughs) um and finally i um am reading the manhattan projects volume one i'm not finished with it yet but you know I love Jonathan Hickman. This is um, also with art by um, Nick Patara. So basically, here's the thing. Like, okay, so it's all about like the right the men. It's like an alternate history with the Manhattan Projects and Oppenheimer and all that kind of stuff. And between this and the men, and uh, and the Black Monday murders. I, Jonathan Hickman knows when the world is ending. Jonathan Hickman knows exactly what the shit is going on behind all the closed doors. Like he has a murder wall where he has like all the conspiracies of the world going back to the beginning of time, all the way to the end of it. He he knows he knows the deal. Like he is sitting in that room with his tinfoil hat. The reptile people yeah. are on the phone with him, telling him from the center of the earth, like what's going to happen. I'm convinced of this. Oh, I'm glad that you've been listening to last podcast on the left, too. <laughs> you hear, but you yes. heard it here first, kids. Jonathan Hickman, the Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. No, okay, I, I will fall down that rabbit hole on another episode. I think conspiracy comics should be a thing, Tia. You and I, we're going to do this. Let's do it. We're going to do this. Is that comics about conspiracies or is that our conspiracies about comics? I think the second one definitely sounds That would be a lot more fun. Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll, yes, let's plan on doing that. But anyways, let's move on before we fall down that, that serious deep dark. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like I'm on the edge ready to fall, but I don't want to do it right now. Let's talk about more comics. Brian, what have you been reading? I need to ruminate for a second on these thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie's in there too, right? Sorry. Okay, go. <laughs> so I picked up uh, Runaways number three and gave that a good read. Uh, still enjoying that series. Oh my God. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we got uh, uh, Carolina back just to uh, see how happy she's been and understand that, of course, the comic can't just let her be happy. <laughs> it's very yes. hard to get into that school. I will just put that out there she goes to a very good school yeah and like she's got her great girlfriend she's loving life and i know that it's all going to come crashing down because the story has to make her rejoin the runaways somehow and so her life is just going to suffer that this comic did give me one of my favorite call out lines where i felt personally attacked 
that uh, being a mopey goth is like drinking. It's depressing when you do it alone. <laughs> we can be mopey goths together. Yeah, yeah. I felt personally targeted by that statement. <laughs> I also read uh, She-Hulk number 159 or Hulk question mark number uh, because legacy numbering and everything is awful. I don't know what comic books I own anymore. And Marvel is just just great. Just a joy. Cue Taylor Swift, we're never, ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> yeah. But much like Taylor Swift, I'm going to keep coming back to this well over and over again <laughs> until I'm dead. Like The story itself was really good. Like I had issues with this comic, but they were all with Marvel, not with She-Hulk. I like that we're getting back into kind of heroic stuff. What was his... Oh, gosh. I can't remember the name of the bad guy now. He's like the the planner or the leader. The leader, I think, is what he's called. Okay. Uh, some big-headed brain hulk, basically. He shows up, oh. too. Oh, damn it. All right, it's on the tip of my tongue. But yes, okay. I know who you're talking about. I, I readers, literally read listeners. this like 45 minutes ago, too. I should not have listeners, forgotten this Listeners, call quickly. us out. Call us out. Who is this? Yeah, add me on Twitter and tell me what an idiot I am. Um, but it's, it's good. There was, uh, like an in-between arcs issue that was about She-Hulk trying to date, which is like a fun story that I'm glad exists, but it's not what I was reading this comic book for. And so I was real nervous that this was going to kind of turn into a, a slice of She-Hulk's life book, which again, like, I don't think would be bad. I think there's a place for that, but it's not what I'm personally looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like this arc is going to start digging into the changes that happened after uh, Thanos almost, you know, after Thanos put her in a coma. And so where I think we're going to finally start to figure out, you know, why is she gray? Why does she have those those green scar lines on her and stuff? So I think it'll be cool to finally get an idea of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read the Giant Days 2017 Holiday Special Number 1. I don't know if that means there's going to be another holiday special. I assume there's not, but... They always just number it like that. I mean, between this and whatever is happening to Marvel, just your whole section is basically what the hell numbering. (laughs) Right. I know. I I keep an Excel spreadsheet of all my comic books, and this is just going to completely fuck it all up for me. (laughs) This holiday special was... Not really about the holiday. It just kind of took place on their holiday break from school. Uh, The girls go to London to stay with Esther's friend, who is like... They they joke about her being an alcoholic, but also she's definitely an alcoholic. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is the woman who has the baby, right? No. Oh, no, okay. I'm thinking someone else then. This is like... She's got a mysterious (laughs) job working with some kind of government agency. That apparently pays very well, but it's one of those things where they make a joke about like all the wine bottles they're recycling early on, and you know that I'm kind of fine with. But then at the end, like the last panel is just her drinking from a flask, which I don't know took it from like a funny joke about how much she likes wine to being kind of a a sign that this character is somebody we should be worried about. Something is wrong and. We should be helping her, right? But other than that, it's a like it's an interesting new character, um, kind of like an adult for the college 
students to bounce off of. Uh, it's giving them kind of an idealized version of what their lives could be, which I know is always a thing that happened to me in college. You know, I would I would see somebody who I thought had their life put together so much better than I do and be consumed by jealousy. And then you get older and you realize they're just better at pretending than you and their lives are also <laughs> yeah. a tire fire. Yeah, it is kind of nice to know we're all we're all in the same burning boat there. Right. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Oh, I've, you know, I was off for two, or I was off for a week, so I read a ton of comic books because the holiday traveling and all that stuff means you get to sit down and read a bunch of comic books, apparently, and not talk to your friends and family. That's not true. I did a lot of reading while I was driving or flying in planes, so um, I did sit down While, and while you were riding yeah, in cars, not while, while, while you're driving. Yeah, someone else was driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't drive. I, I should make Kids, that clear. Kids, we do not condone driving and reading comics at the same time. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, let's make that clear. Um So I read, let's see, I read All New Wolverine, number 27. This is by Tom Taylor, Juan Cabal, Nolan Woodard on colors with VCs Corey Petit on letters. This this whole story, this is kind of a middle of an arc book, so I won't go into too many details because I don't want to spoil the whole arc that's happening. But the long and short is the beginning of this arc, Laura's mom, um, a character who died a long time ago, very early in X-23's story, she shows back up and she's alive. Um, or at least that's what you're made to believe. And I had a really, really sour taste in my mouth about that. I thought it was a kind of a shitty plot point for them to pull. Like, I know that that this character, like, her mother is very, very important. But at the same time, the death of Laura's mother is the entire drive for her as a character in a lot of ways. Because she realizes that no one cares about her no one cared about this person that did that spent so much time on her taking care of her and that was a big drive for that character and it made it motivated her to essentially rebel against anyone who would try to control her and seeing her come back it was just like oh why are you doing this i know this is all just a ruse but god damn it however on the other side we got dokken in this story and dokken has become one of my favorite problematic characters because he's such a bad, bad, bad person. But I love him because he's such a smarmy piece of shit. It's that whole bad guy that you love thing, which we did a whole episode on. Um, so I, I, I'm I, like torn back and forth on this. Ultimately, issue number 27 resolved a lot of the problems that I had with this story. So I was happy that Tom Taylor and his crew of people putting together this book made that like fix that for me but for like two issues i was real bitter about this book um on an unrelated note i think that and i wrote this in my semi boozed state last night i think that cena grace should write a miniseries about Dokken because when he showed up in iceman it was the greatest thing ever um i would buy so, that although wait i'm mad at marvel would i buy that i mean what if we got someone like hmm hmm let me think cena grace writing and then they put oh who's doing the covers for iceman Oh, Kevin Wada, uh, but he doesn't do interiors. I know, but what if they did? <laughs> well, if he did, that would be amazing. Three-issue miniseries with... Yeah, anyways, I think that that would be really cool. But otherwise, all-new Wolverine, number 27, wonderful book. I mean, on Wait, the you whole, know who I does think this do, book is great. Sorry to interrupt you, but you know who does do interiors and has a very similar style, but with her own thing and still very good at the hot dude bad boy is Stephanie Hans. Oh, okay. I could get on board for that. Yep, let's do that. Marvel, make it happen. Um, Kevin can do the covers. 
yeah, and I'll I'll make my call to CB Sabolski and and you know because we're buds I guess or something, and uh, he owes everyone everything so he can just yeah. do whatever we say as fans. Anyways, uh, let's uh, not to I don't want to get into that. I also <laughs> read Black Magic number nine. This is by Greg Rucka, Nicholas Scott, Chiara Arena on colors with Jody Wynn on lettering. This book is is great. We've said enough about Black Magic. You should read this book. It's only nine issues right now. The first volume is ten bucks because Image is awesome. But issue number nine had the coolest ending. All I could do at the end was whisper, fuck yes, because of the coolest thing that happened. I will not spoil it, but oh man, I like, I haven't been so jazzed about a comic in a long time just off of a two-page thing that happened. So kudos to Greg Rucka and and family for doing this because uh, so, so very cool. Uh, finally, I read, I actually finished this last night, Rebels 1 through 10. This is uh, Brian Wood and a lot of various artists and people with all colors by Jordi Belair. Andrea or Andrea Moody did the majority of all of the um, art on this series. This is a story about the Revolutionary War. The first arc of it focuses on a character named Seth, who is kind of an oddball. I don't want to like put any labels on it because he's just kind of an oddball. But he gets he joins up with the Green Mountain Boys, which is a Vermont area like militia that ends up joining the Revolutionary War against the British. And you know some some characters of note show up. Mister, you know George Washington shows up in the book. No big deal. Uh, but I ultimately I liked this book because I don't think I've read a lot of things that have to do with historical fiction around the Revolutionary War. There's a ton of stuff around the Civil War. World War II, obviously, is pretty much the focal point for American fucking historical culture at this point. So reading something that was about this particular war was really cool. And I say that I haven't read a lot because I know that there's a lot out there. I just haven't read it. But remember, I am an uncultured X-Men nerd who only knows a few things and went to the Louvre once. So that's about well, as cultured as I get. You know, so I, I the know. French were instrumental in helping us win that war so you know i'm surprised that when you were in the louvre you didn't just absorb (laughs) some of that knowledge by osmosis (laughs) yes (laughs) because yes because that's uh that's that's what i should have done but instead i was very focused on all the um christ paintings they were there were so many actually the Um, last time i was at the louvre it's because um my husband was couriering a painting and giving a talk there they were doing a show about the american revolution and like art from the american revolution tisk oh my what shame on me i should have found the american revolution yeah you missed it i mean it's a big place yeah, it, it is a very big pace. Anyways, Rebels number 1 through 10, this is all Nick White's fault. He told me to get it in a sale, so I bought it and read it. It's Does actually very good. Tula Lote I, I will do covers it. for that? Tula Lote did all the colors, and boy, oh boy, her art is pretty much a selling point for picking up the book. All the interiors, Andrea Moody, his art is pretty fantastic, like, don't get me wrong. But Tula Lote will, will bring you in, and then the rest of the book actually sells itself pretty well. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend it. I think if you're looking for some good historical fiction, Rebels is a pretty solid book. I know that there's a sequel series called These Free and Independent States. Um, I haven't read that yet, but I hear it's just as good. So that's what I read. whole bunch of stuff. I mean, on top of the many other things I read, I did read Pluto Volume 1, which is a really cool manga. If you have a chance to check that out, it's, has to, it ties in kind of to Astro Boy. So if that's a thing you're interested in, it's like a gritty take on a small arc of the Astro Boy series from the 50s. Anyways, uh, so let's move on. Comic books come out on December 6th, 2017. 
what are you both excited for? Let's let's start with you, Brian. Sure. Uh, for me, this week is all about Giant Days number thirty-three. One trick pony here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could I could go into all the details about why I think Giant Days is a great comic. Again, if you listen to the show, you've already heard me do that probably three or four times by oh, now. Yeah. But I think the last time you were on the show, we actually had the same talk because I think Giant Days thirty-two was coming out. <laughs> That sounds like me, man. So, <laughs> but it's you know it's it's a consistently good book. I don't think that I don't think I've picked up a single issue of Giant Days and then not been satisfied with it. And nothing, there's nothing new coming out this week that I'm particularly interested in. So, mm-hmm. fair I would just go with the old standby. You know, something I know is gonna gonna make me laugh out loud for seven or eight minutes before I put it down and forget all the names of the characters again. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for us to say that there's a book that you can read for 33 issues and be that satisfied. I know, I think Wicked and Divine is out there for you, Tia, but still, outside of those few independent books that we read, I think, you know, I can totally understand saying Giant Days is always going to be my pick because it is every single week or every month a consistently good book. Yeah, which I did finally read the uh, last issue of that, too. Of Wicked and Divine. How are you feeling? Somehow, life? somehow, I managed not to get that ending spoiled for me, and so I will. Oh. Not, I will not do the disservice of spoiling it for anybody else. But it was uh, that was a heck of an ending. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a good line. way to put it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We'll talk between between the next segment. Uh, Tia, what are you excited for this week? Mirror number nine is coming out. This is uh, the Emma Rios and Whalem book that is gorgeous and watercolory and beautiful and, you know, sort of sci-fi-ish and there's talking animals and magic and other worlds and space travel and um, all of those things that are great. And currently the story from the first arc is kind of converging with what's been going on in the second arc so um that if you're the kind of person who likes that kind of payoff you should definitely catch up if you have fallen off and if you have never read this book go buy the trade of the first arc and uh thank me later sound advice sound advice uh for me this week i'm excited for astonishing x-men number six and i'm not going to apologize for picking another x-men book because this week is like four x-men books in an archie book and i don't know what you guys want me to do so i picked astonishing x-men because i'm excited about it because i finally caught up and it's it's stupidly good i'm i'm so mad at what charles soul is doing in this book but i'm also very very satisfied with this story so goddamn you charles soul uh, anyways, this is Charles Soule and Mike Del Mundo this month, which I'm excited. They've been rotating artists on this book, which has been interesting um, because I don't realize it until about I'm, I'm like halfway through the issue. Just I, I feel like this book is so big, it, like the amount of content and story that is in this book is huge. So it doesn't feel like I'm reading a single issue so much as I'm reading a small like two or three issue arc. Because, really, they jam-pack so much stuff in here. And I realize the end goal is to do a big thing that Marvel's been trying to do for the last, like, five years or whatever. But, nonetheless, I'm I'm impressed. So, Astonishing X-Men has my vote. I, this is the end of the first arc, and I think I know what's going to happen, but I won't spoil it for anyone who's still trying to catch up. Um, if you want an X-Men book, I think this is a good one to pick up if you want big, dumb, stupid action hero bullshit. Because that's what this book is doing, and I'm absolutely loving it. But let me tell you about the other X-Men books. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't judge you for picking X-Men again, because 
as we've covered, I pretty much only look forward to one book. So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, that's okay. You know, I I could have picked X Men Gold or Blue or one of those. T- I don't know even what's coming out. All the X Men books are always coming out every week, so it's really hard to figure out what's going on. I just read them. They just keep coming in. It's like the mail. I just keep getting it and I keep reading it. I keep throwing it away because it's all it's all trash. But I still need to consume it. That's me. For our show this week, we are talking about how to buy gifts for the comic book people in your life and maybe buying comic books and comic book related things for the non-comic book people in your life. So we all sat down and thought about some things that would work. I think we did this on another episode of the show, but God help me, I could not find it. So sorry if we repeat anything, but I think we've got new folks on the show than we did last time. So what what kind of stuff, when, it, when, we're, when we're saying, you know, how do you buy things for people who are into comic books what do you buy these types of people do you buy them actual books do you buy them you know paraphernalia do you buy them cool pillowcases i realize that's a big thing right now at least in my twitter feed for some reason so brian you said you did some research for the show between the segments let's start with you and then i think t and i can hop in where we feel we can yeah this is one of those episodes where i thought that i didn't have anything to say about the topic and then i spent two minutes looking into it which turned into like half an hour of googling and scrolling through pages and pages of amazon recommendations and nice settling on all sorts of different stuff the one thing that i the one kind of common theme that i found in my research was that your friends who aren't into comic books are still into something and comic books cover such a wide range of topics that there's going to be a comic book that fits into that other interest group so, you know, you could look for media tie-ins. So, you know, what TV shows do they watch? Because there are comic books for, you know, Orphan Black, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's some old Charmed comics out there. Uh, Doctor Who has probably as many different iterations of comic books as there are iterations of the show. Uh, there are oh, yeah. There are novel adaptations of comic bo- into comic books, uh, movie adaptations, as well as you know, movie tie-ins. So if you've got a friend who's, you know, not into comic books, but they love the Alien franchise, there's, like, several metric tons of Alien comic books out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And all the Alien crossovers you could ever want. I read, uh, I read Alien, Alien versus Vampirella not too long ago, which was, you know, it was pretty good. I think that also when you're shopping for someone who's not necessarily already into comics, it's probably a safe bet to go with like very high quality, high production value, beautiful art books that will be impressive on the coffee table or on their bookshelf. And you can also just kind of look at the genres they're into So, like, if your friend is a history nerd, there's a lot of history graphic novels. You know, there's March. There's this Rebels book that Mike was talking about earlier. Uh, There's, you know, Mouse. If they're mythology nerds, there's stuff like Odyssey. There's a lot of music kind of books out there. If they're a literature nerd, get them Prince of Cats. That's that beautiful Shakespeare B-side. If they're really depressed, then, you know, you get the mega hex. Like, if they're true crime nerds, you can get the My Friend Dahmer. Like, they're literally, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of genres 
that comic books cover. So if they're really into a certain thing, there's a comic book for that. And you can, I think that the the quality of the book, like a nice hardcover, a nice artist edition is what makes it special and giftable. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that in coming into this topic. But I think the the option of getting the trade paperback, which is usually a soft cover floppy book versus getting spending the extra couple bucks and getting the hardcover can make all the difference about like how someone views that book when you give it to them as a gift, especially if they're not into comic books. I think that's a, that's a great point to you. And like some of these, um, God, the most recent Megan Mog one and like, I know the Paper Girls hardcover that just came out, like a lot of these hardcovers, there's a beautiful I Hate Fairyland hardcover, you know, the Wicked hardcovers, they're like shiny and have like, you know, holographic stuff and they're beautiful. They're like just beautiful yeah. objects. They look like really nice, super high-end editions of a prose book. Exactly. So putting yeah. them side by side on the shelf is like a natural fit in some ways. Uh, the the I mean, one of the other things that I think Brian mentioned, there's a lot of history books out there that really kick a lot of ass. I think there's a, you know, Mouse, for instance, is a really good example of a book that can really hook someone who's maybe not into the, you know, super heroics of comic books, even going so far as like a Paper Girls or Wiktiv, which is not necessarily a superhero book, but is still kind of like an action-oriented story. Something like Mouse telling a non-fiction-esque book using, you know, mice and cats as the, as the, the, mouthpiece, I guess, to tell that story is really cool because it not only lends to that maybe like interesting his like interesting historical fiction side of things. I mean this isn't really a fiction book, but um but it lends to, you know, people who are interested in historical stories um but don't necessarily think that comic books are right for them. Mouse is a perfect example and I think Brian you also listed the Harlem Hellfighters. That's another solid World War II book that that works really well in being a comic book but also telling a really solid story about history. Um, yeah. specifically World War Two. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the reasons why I find these historical comics to be so effective, uh, and it was Tia who brought up the historical comics. Credit where credits do. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want Apologies. I don't want to walk off with your with your idea, Tia. But I am going to play off it. Uh, but they use the trappings of of fiction to tell a nonfiction story, and I think that that's so much more effective because it lets people approach a story without their bias. Uh, so like with mouse by casting cats and mice instead of, you know, Nazis and their victims were able to have that discussion without setting off any of the preconceived notions necessarily that people bring with them into the book. And I think that's why mouse in particular is such an effective teaching tool. You know, a lot of people, well, not a lot, but some people in classrooms even are starting to use mouse as a way to talk about the Holocaust with a younger audience. Yeah, that's certainly how they used it in my school. Like that—that that was the first time I had read a comic that had that didn't have superheroes in it. I was blown away by the fact that that even existed, and I thought that it was like a special book. Like, but it turns out there are hundreds of these books. You know, one of the books that I always recommend to people is Tetris: The Games People Play. Like mashing a story about, uh, like a semi-biographical story about the creator of Tetris, while also talking about video games, but also being a comic book. It's it's a really cool way to tell a story quickly with a lot of imagery to kind of get you into the story. Even though the idea of what Tetris is may not be that interesting, or like the history of it, telling it via this visual medium works really well in just getting the point across. Um, 
with the fun stuff that Box Brown does in his layouts and, and some of the little one-off jokes that he throws into the book. Yeah, I think that, you know, this you don't want to push your interests on someone else, but everyone has interests and comics are so much more than superheroes. So you I think as long as you're thoughtful about the production value of a, of what you buy for the as a gift, you could probably find a, a graphic novel for someone who isn't a comics person. I'm thinking like Fanographics or Drawn and Quarterly. Like there's a lot of publishers where that that deal in sort of, I don't know, books that I consider like, I don't want to say more highbrow, but people who think that they're like too adult for comics, they tend to be surprised at the breadth of content that's, that those kind of publishers put out. Right, right. And you know, the and other it's... thing that you can do too, that I think is really special for anyone is you, you know, as comics people, we're kind of plugged into this really amazing network of artists who are relatively approachable and often are open to taking commissions like check out some people's twitter feeds or you know web stores and see if they're open to to taking commissions and i think that anyone would appreciate a piece of original art oh yeah oh especially (laughs) that just makes me think of all the cool wictiv art pieces that you've done (laughs) that aren't directly wictiv but they are very beautiful pieces of art because they're what are they they're like wictiv characters in prominent pieces or in prominent paintings yes, and things like that yes that's that's the coolest co- i like would I, how do you even come up with that like that is the coolest well, as concept. someone who's been to the louvre <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i mean I, I just like that that's such a such a great idea especially if you have someone who appreciates fine arts but you also want to hook them into comic books or something or maybe they went and saw thor they really liked it and you're like all right well let's get a thor picture but instead of adam and god it's thor and odinson and, like, put it <laughs> on the wall. you know something like that that's re- that's a really cool unique thing that you could get someone and you could say this is a one-of-a-kind original and this I got for you. I mean, it's you could. So personal. It doesn't even have to be like something nerdy. I don't know how much they actually like this, so like check with them first. Because I remember one time <laughs> at New York Comic Con, I saw Gabriel Hardman and he was drawing someone's cat, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love that! Will you draw my cat?" And he was like, "No, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. like I, I wish I did not agree to this." <laughs> right, right. No, Which is I... not to say like Gabriel Hardman is a lovely, lovely man, and he's a really sweet guy and an amazingly talented oh, totally. artist. And so that's why, and I actually like felt really bad for him i don't know how he got talked into that so like remember that artists are human beings they're not like your personal drawing robots but like some artists are super like fine with that and that would be also like i think a nice gift Mm -hmm. i had something like that happen at c2e2 years and years ago i bought a book from a webcomic creator and he asked me what i wanted him to sketch in the front cover and i completely panicked because this is a guy that you know, I had been like following on the internet for years and looking up to. I really liked his work. And suddenly, like, I was in control of how he was going to be spending his time. And so I just like <laughs> panicked and asked him to draw me. <laughs> so he did it. He was a great sport about it. But it was such oh a weird God. thing to ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially because after I did that, a bunch yeah. of other people started doing it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, at least one other person that I was with like a friend from college yeah yeah and like it's one of those things like i still look back on with a cringe when i think about it 
Yeah, you got to be prepared. Yeah, there's, I mean, and on top of, I guess, like on top of comics, and you know, I think getting a commission, that's such a solid idea, especially if someone is open to doing like portrait commissions. I think that's like a really cool gift even, that you could potentially get. You know, even if they don't do p- commissions, a lot of comic artists have web stores where they sell prints, where they sell enamel pins, t-shirts, like super cool stuff. Like um, Jen Bartel is like the queen of this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I'm yeah. just trying to think of people who I know have their stores open right now. Natasha Alterisi, I think she was actually selling like sketchbooks in addition to some really neat prints and some like heathen stuff. Um, oh, Christian Ward has his store open and he's, oh, you know, yeah. if anyone wants to buy me a Christmas present, I think that he has like a big <laughs> discount and there's this Bucky Barnes cover that I would die for. Um, you know, so just if you are the loved one of someone who likes comics and you can like maybe glean a few of their favorite artists from their long box or bookshelf, just go on Twitter and see if they have a web store. I know any, any geek would love something like that. Yeah. It it may be a little expensive, but like it's, it's always well worth it. I I don't think that I've ever bought anything from an artist and been truly disappointed with it even even if something as simple as like a a print look prints you know, can be like 20 or 30 bucks and if you wanted to even get really fancy if you like got it in time to also put it in a frame because like oh, how yeah. many of us have stacks of prints that we need to frame <laughs> i i'm i'm not looking at the stack that's right next to yeah. my desk at all right mm-hmm. now <laughs> yeah so or you know what would even be a good gift like just you know sneak some of the the art out of the house and get it framed for christmas like yeah. i would love that yeah, or get a you know get a copy of a book that you know that they like and get that actual comic book yeah, put in a yeah, frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that works really well too. And he, oh my, so I I have to mention this. So Kate, ever the practical Kate, when we were talking about this topic, she was like, "Oh, I want you know I always ask for uh, bags and boards, and I guess like you know that that would make a good gift too because you're I feel like comic book people are either you either have like a bunch of bags and boards lying around and you immediately put your books in there or you like just have stacks of books lying around that need to be put in bags and boards and so like you know that that's like the kind of gift that you need but you don't buy yourself necessarily or yeah or you always forget to buy yeah or you or they have like fancy long boxes or you could get a regular plain long box and like decorate it for someone that would be cool yeah they they do sell the themed short boxes i know like there's a sex criminals one there's a bunch of marvel and dc ones that are out there if your if your comic book friend or loved one is you know that that type of person who has like short boxes that they like decorated and stuff i think that's a solid gift or you could listen to our episode about caring for your comic collection and commission some like archival (laughs) solander boxes Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> that would be really cool if if you have that that history or that friend who's into that kind of preservation that's that'd yeah. be something to do um but then what I am mean, i gonna do with of- the literally foot tall stack of floppies i have on top of my printer <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so i know what i'm getting brian for christmas cool so uh no i have, I mean, I have room of- for them i'm just lazy <laughs> Right, right. So here's the thing. You can pay someone to come to their house and bag and board all their books and then sort them, right? That's a thing you could do, or right? you could just do it for them. Or you could do that for... You give them a coupon book. <laughs> yeah. Every You know, it's a quarterly coupon. They'll come into your house and they'll they'll bag and board and sort all of your comics. 
Um, I would like that for Christmas, actually. That'd be cool. Uh, or, or, or whatever holidays celebrate. I'm kind of assuming Christmas because that's the that's the one that I, is resonates with me. But whatever holidays you are celebrating, I don't mean to be presumptive by any means. Um, there, I guess... The, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. I mean, like, there... You could use this. This is a gift guide that works for any gift giving occasion. Birthdays. This is true. I'm sorry I fucked up. Days. You know, <laughs> whatever. Instead of instead of a bouquet of flowers, you can get someone. You know, a stack of bags and boards yeah. and say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> What's more romantic than bags and boards? <laughs> right. Um, I guess on top of just getting comic books for people, are there other things like I mentioned pillowcases and I only am half joking because I follow a lot of independent creators who create just fan art and they create little like keychain things that you can get of various anime characters and stuff like that. If in manga characters or Final Fantasy characters, if you're my friend Shannon who draws a ton of Final Fantasy fan art, um, there are all sorts of really unique personalized small batch things that are out there and with the holidays coming up that now is the time to buy that stuff specialized enamel pins and buttons and like i said pillowcases blankets all that kind of stuff is out there it's just a matter of finding these creators who are creating them in like you know 100 or 200 item runs at a time because they obviously aren't they aren't like these huge mega corporations that can just churn this stuff out but it is all out there if you're looking for someone to make it like i wouldn't you know, it's it's kind of weird to say, put your faith in this independent shop to create this thing. But on a lot of times, you're going to get quality stuff if you're willing to pay the the what would be a decent rate for the item. Like, you know, if you're going to go to an Etsy shop and look to pay $2 for a button, it's probably not going to be as high quality as the $10 enamel pin. And it's because it's going to be a quick, you know, mass-produced thing versus something that had a lot of care and love put into it and is of higher quality to begin with. Like an enamel pin versus your standard plastic or whatever glass covered pin or whatever that you get to put on your shirt is, you know, the, the quality is obvious, you know, when, you, when you're actually holding the item in your hand. Have you guys seen um, this month Black Mask is, is, has, they have a web store and they're selling these really neat special edition like t-shirts and hardcovers and book plates and things for some of their really popular titles like Kim and Kim or Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. I did not realize that was a thing. Yeah, they're super cool. I mean, I, I'll pretty much buy Four Kids Walk Into a Bank paraphernalia until I die <sighs> because book that so book good. is so... Like, you should just buy that for anyone who likes a good book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if I would say that if your friends liked Stranger Things, they will love Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Accurate. 100% or Goonies, accurate. Or like any sort of like kid nostalgia... Yeah, 80s nostalgia yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, war- spoiler, not spoiler, but like warning, the ending will fuck you up. Yeah, it's going to rock you hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you feel sad. It's going to make you feel things in general. Things. Um, I would also say, too, like the holidays, are. it's a really good time to support your local comic shop. They need all the help they can get. Right. And um, in particular, I would say Valkyrie Shop is a great place to support. And you can go on Twitter and tweet LCS Valkyries and ask where the, a store near you might be. You go in there, you talk to the Valkyries. They're so generous and helpful. And they just want to help you like find something that you or your loved one will want and be happy about. And um, they're a great resource, especially around this time of year when you're like, what do I get for this person who likes weird stuff i don't understand right and and don't hesitate to ask the people in the shop either i've i've always found that every valkyrie store that's been recommended to me has had the most helpful staff 
that I've ever been. Like I went to one in Chicago. I went to one in two in Seattle, I should say. I went to, and I mean, I've gone to Vault Midnight in Ann Arbor and Grand Rapids, and those shops are just great. But like in the all the Valkyrie recommend recommended shops I've gone to have been just fantastic. So do not hesitate if you know you need someone. Basically, give this episode to you know the person who may be buying gifts for you or other people who are into this stuff, and just let them kind of skip over the first half and get right into this section because we're talking to those folks, I guess, at this point. If you if you guys had to think of some things that you would personally recommend, like right now we've kind of thrown some titles around. Do you have any specific books or specific items that you would recommend to folks based off of maybe some interest or just general, say like this is a good book to give to pretty much anybody? Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, I would say that I Kill Giants is something that most people are going to find something to enjoy. And oh yeah, um, it's a short self-contained series i think it was only like what four or five six issues something like that i think it was actually eight issues it's kind of long yeah no it felt short because it i flew right through it um but it's it's a totally self-contained story it doesn't tie into any other universes or anything like that it's just a a fun story that also manages to be very thoughtful and manages to touch on this this feeling of loss and also maybe actual giants question mark at the end i think i was talking to scotty young who is the creator of i hate fairyland and he said that he just like reads i kill giants like regularly for inspiration and just it's one of his favorites it really is a solid book like i i wish that i owned a like a trade of that because I have it in single issues um, and I don't ever want to take them out because it's, it's always a hassle, but um, it's a really good book. Like I should, I should grab like a digital copy of that or something. Or maybe someone um, will get you the hardcover for Christmas. <gasps> no way. I mean, I think there's a movie that came out earlier this year. It was in limited release or maybe it's still I, out I in think, limited release. I think it went out to like film festivals and stuff earlier this year, but I think that okay. it's getting a limited release sometime in early 2018. Okay, so there is a movie coming out about I Kill Giants, if that's something you're you're interested in. Because I think movie tie-ins help those non-comic book folks get into this stuff, especially when it's non-superhero um, stories. I think, you know, something like, you know, if you wanted to get someone a big two book, for instance, I wouldn't, you know, recommend anything that the comic book movies are based off of. But something like Marvel's, for instance, is a good just primer on on all of the Marvel characters that are out there, like the the main foundation of characters when you think about it from a historical perspective, because it's like a journalism book that, or it's a journalist who's following the emergence of all of these superheroes um, after World War II. It's it's a really cool take on on the whole world, and and of course it's Alex Ross's art, so everything looks like a big old painting, and that's nice for maybe someone who's looking for more traditional art i guess i I don't know like the the correct phrasing for that but more um, more conventionally comic book art yeah well i mean he he does his he he literally paints everything that he does so it just yeah so it's a little bit it's not necessarily a classic comic book art so much as it's um something that's very easy to get into i would say like alex ross's art is very very easy to get into there's also the entire star wars comic book you know, mega situation that we haven't really gone oh, yeah. into. True, true, true. Star Wars coming out is actually, that's a solid one. Any of the Star Wars books that I think are being released right now from Marvel are great examples of gifts for people. Yeah, anything anything Star Wars from like 2015 onwards is all going to be in the new canon, which means that it it all 
fits in with this this new movie universe that's going on. So even if it doesn't directly relate to those comics, it is quote unquote canon. If if you're the person kind of person who cares. Right, right. Or if you're getting it for someone who does, I think that that Greg Rucka book that kind of pieces together the story between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens is a good recommendation for someone who's like, just wants to read straight plain Jane, you know, uh, Star Wars books that just need like, I need to be familiar with all these characters, and then you can grow them into how Force Awakens happens. Especially if you've got people that are like anti Force Awakens, which I don't understand. But you know what? You don't need a, you don't need those people in your life, and they don't deserve your presence. <laughs> right, right. Those people don't get Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Buy them some uh, Force Awakens merch. Maybe their heart will grow three sizes. Maybe or no. buy them um, uh, Doctor Aphra Volume One so that they can uh, have something that they can enjoy. Everyone yeah, can enjoy yeah. Doctor Aphra Volume One. That is true. Yeah, very much so. You know, this also reminds me, there's like all the Her Universe stuff, all the Hot Topic licensed stuff. Like I would never personally probably like seek something out from Hot Topic and buy it for myself. But my mom's bought me nerdy stuff from Hot Topic that like, like pajama pants or whatever. And like, I use them. They're cute. I like it. Um, You know, there's uh, nerdy stuff has infiltrated mainstream culture in, in some ways and and. You, you really can't like everyone needs socks and pajama pants i don't know i was i was always envious of of the normal sized humans who could buy their clothes at hot topic because <laughs> i'm roughly the same size and shape as a grizzly bear so it's it's tough for me to find clothing in normal people stores what about like a like a minky blanket or something they could wear as a cape what is that you know that like really the like really soft furry type material oh yeah 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 that, that does sound they get nice. that, but covered in in R two D two and C three PO and the murder yeah. droids fighting it out. It tells a whole story like a giant tapestry, wow. but it's also a blanket. I want that. Hot topic. Get on this, please. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Slytherin blanket for my birthday. Let me tell you, that was the best gift. <laughs> oh, that's that just. I could see you just planning evil schemes with this Slytherin like blanket wrapped around you just like yes and then we kill the pot of <laughs> just like with lydia just perch on your lap just like stroking yep. her head <laughs> well she's like under the blanket because she gets she's very cold right yeah. right 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 but her eyes match the blanket which is very cute perfect see the get someone if they have a cat get them a nerdy theme blanket <laughs> that matches said cat how about that that's perfect that's what that's what my recommendation or is. Ignore everything if else. If they don't have a cat cuz maybe they're allergic and now I'm not saying that you should like immediately cut those people out of your life cuz you don't need that kind of negativity. Like I'm sure that there are some <laughs> perfectly nice people who are allergic to cats. I don't personally know any of them, but I'm sure they exist. <laughs> and maybe you could get them a lying cat plushie to fill the void, the cat void in their life. I like this. I like this. There are, and if if you know someone that's really into Saga, there are some really cool statues and action oh, yeah, figures that are right. out there that I really like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, really, if it's it's funny because if you if you really search this stuff out, like Midtown Comics' website is actually really great for this because they get freaking everything. Um, if you want a statue or if you want a an action figure of a character from a weird series, like if you want an action figure of Riff Raff from the original Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's there. They have that. I've seen it. I've been tempted to buy it multiple times just because it it exists. You oh know, God. that kind of stuff. We haven't even touched it, it, on the Funko Pop 
craziness. And I don't think that we should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we need to because someone gives me one every year and I'm just like, oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's so thoughtful. So, I mean, one, one always ends up on my wish list because I just need more little robots that are Funko Pops in my life. Like all of the Funko Pops that I own at this point, I own a Kylo Ren, a K2SO, a BB-8. And actually, now I, I just got a Phasma for, for my birthday. Um, so it, it's like, I don't like these things at all. And yet, for some reason, I want them. Also, what are I, those I, Disney hamster things? They have all the Avengers and uh, they have all the Star oh, Wars uh, characters. Are they called Soom Dorbs or something yeah, like Zoom that? Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. That stuff exists, yes. <laughs> if you want a hamster <laughs> that so also baffling. looks like an Avenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you if want you Iron Man, little... but he's a jelly bean? Here you go. <laughs> My favorite is like, I mean, they, yeah, they, they have like tiny little feet, I guess. Yeah, they do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and and Brian says this, <laughs> surrounded by hundreds of the them. One. <laughs> he looks over on his desk and there's just a mound of little Avengers. <laughs> I mean, they are cute, but then you're like... I guess I have all these things now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with that kind of stuff? So that's that's the question. I always, you know, these things exist. Where do you put them Unless in your you house? Unless you know that your loved one specifically collects those, maybe not. Yeah, but, definitely but even like for collectors. Put out some feelers, test the water before you show up with that sort of thing. It's the same with right. books. Like, like you know, make sure it's a book that your loved one would like. You don't have to ask straight out, but right. it's like, you know, maybe like creep on their shelf a little bit. Right, right. Maybe poke and prod to make sure that they didn't already yeah, buy it for themselves. You know. yeah, this is the internet age. You can find that sort of stuff out. Yeah. If they exist Stalk online, <laughs> hunt them like an yes. animal. <laughs> because you love them. I can always you tell love them that much. when my husband's buying a new watch because I get served all kinds of ads on like, you know, places <laughs> that do that. I'm like, oh. Right. Right. So you know. it's a good indicator that you shouldn't be buying a watch for right. Him this year. Yeah. So I'm yeah. saying is there are ways to find out, but um, you know, also, at, at just like as a point of etiquette, like if someone buys you a gift, it's probably a good idea to just be like grateful and say thank you and know that they did it from a place of love, possibly obligation, but also probably love a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Don't, exactly. Don't be like I was when I was a kid. Don't be like I was five or six, seven years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, no, I'm the Don't worst. be like Mike was as a grown adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, like, please, please don't buy me clothes, anyone. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if you're if you're buying a gift for someone, you, you really should think about, like, it goes, you know, T, you kind of already said this, but it's like, buy them something you know that they may be kind of like, not something that is going to make them feel uncomfortable. And that's not even getting into the breadth of hundreds of thousands of things that will just make a person uncomfortable. But like, if you don't want clothes, I feel like, Tia, you would say that to someone. So they probably just shouldn't ignore that request, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> It put out feelers, like you said, you know, someone said, hey, would you like if I got you this? And if they say absolutely not, don't take that as they just don't like this one thing. See, um, take it I, as maybe clothes aren't something for that person. That's why I really think that just like seeking out some of your like some artists uh, web stores is such a great way to go because, you know, it's just so neat to have like a commission or a really nice print. And and it's not something that you I don't know, the obligation to like wear it or to, you know, 
if they probably don't already have it and so there's not that kind of like worry I don't know I just I feel like that's like such a a safe and thoughtful gift totally totally and you can also if you want to support your local comic shop just take your friend down there and say okay pick something out you know yeah yeah plus then you get to enjoy the experience of uh yes doing it together exactly exactly so yeah, I think okay. I, I mean, we could we could probably go into this for a little bit while longer. I was gonna recommend Space Riders because it's fucking insane. If you know someone that's really into hardcore '80s stuff and they like explosions in space and skulls and stuff, I mean, that's a good book. But um, I've got a whole list. I think we've we've got a couple more lists. So maybe we'll do. We might have to do another part of this. I don't know. Um, nonetheless, uh, let's let's wrap this up. So I guess thank you guys for joining me on the show. Where can people find you on the internet, Brian? You can find me on Twitter. I am at Brianhead. And what about you, Tia? I'm on Twitter at Portrait of Madam X. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Mike Rappin. You can follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where we retweet all sorts of crazy things and like all of the tweets and responses and stuff at 3 in the morning like I did last night. And on Fridays, I post polls, and this week our poll was, how many X-Men are there? And there is a correct answer. Was it so, 198? That That's technically how many is a right answer. That's how, yeah, see? That's not how many X-Men there are, that's how many mutants there are. Because I meant to vote for so many, but I accidentally voted for that one, and I was like, maybe I actually accidentally voted for the right answer, but apparently not. I'm going to go on a Twitter rant about this after the Mike's done. Mike Mike just thinks that all mutants are X-Men, because Mike is awful. (laughs) Whoa. I feel so offended right now. Oh my goodness. So you guys definitely should go on at ircb podcast to check out the twitter word that's about to happen between mike and brian (laughs) you also should definitely go check out our goodreads group we do weekly threads um we have a book that we talk about on the, the show once a month there's discussions in general it's pretty neat every once in a while we lure a creator over to chat with us which is kind of fun and you can also check out all of our back episodes and just kind of find out what you need about the show at ircbpodcast.com. That's our website. Yeah, please go ahead and find us, rate us, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app or platform. Um, you know, those reviews really do help new people find the show. So if you want to have more folks to share with, uh, make sure you get the word out. That way you you won't sound so crazy talking about what Mike and Brian and Tia are doing this week. <laughs> uh, if you've got stuff to say us that doesn't fit into 280 characters, go ahead and email the show. You can reach us at ircb at destroythesibe.org. Just go ahead and send us you know your fan mail, send us your hate mail, send us your fan art. Um, Ooh, fan art. We, we did get our first piece of fan art pretty recently. Uh, so thank, <laughs> yes. thank you, Danny, for that one. That was a sight I, to see. It is it is my favorite thing in, in the world. I need to make that outfit happen um, that he drew. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, Infinity Shred does all of the fantastic music on this show. They are a beautiful band full of beautiful people. Um, so I want to thank them for everything that they've done. Uh, Xander is a wizard. He also edits our show, and he's a pretty cool guy. He's pretty cool. Um, so finally, I want to say thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and rating and talking to us on Twitter and all that jazz. We really appreciate it. We really love it. Like when people get like and talk to us, we all get we all go a little crazy in our little group chat that we have about it. So please continue to do that because we love talking to you all. So until next week, we will check you again. Thank you for listening. Thank you.
So I was thinking about this other. I, I know we got to get to this topic. I'm reading over the notes, but this is uh, something that I was thinking about the other day. I read I read a lot of comic books. Um, no shit. And I mean, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's sorry. What that goes without saying. But I read a lot of comic books, and I was so as I was reading. Actually, these there's two things, but I'll just talk about the one because this one's a more well formed idea. Um, I was reading all of Rebels, right? I was reading one through ten, and so when I looked at my notes and I look at like my my fucking excel spreadsheet that i keep track of now of everything that i read um i was like oh i, I read a lot of comic books but i didn't read a variety of comic books um which is usually what i do usually i jump around i'll read like one issue of like five or six different things and then i'll jump in and so when i go on the show or when i'm just talking to people in general i'm thinking about what what i've read um i, I feel like i've read a lot more when I've read like five issues from five different series versus ten issues from one series, and I I I think it's really weird because I can binge watch a TV show like it's my job. Like I could watch like a whole season of a show in a week and not feel bad about it because I feel like I watched a lot of television. Um, if we're trying to quantify or whatever, but when it comes to comics, I feel like if I'm not reading a variety of books, I'm like doing myself a disservice by just sticking down this one path. So my question to you guys is, do you get that feeling at all, or am I just crazy? Well, you know, I I feel like I, I come from a place where I'm told, oh, well, you have to read this or you're not a real comics fan, or that like it was my experience at the beginning. So I'm pretty much like, fuck you guys, I'm reading whatever I want, I don't care. Right. Yeah, I mean, okay. my, my pull list has been trimmed by necessity at this point so i only get mm-hmm. like one or two comics a week right i don't know i, I don't do enough reading to really think about it that much Though okay. it's, a, it's a new month so i can start getting more from the uh the library's hoopla service that like you have like a lending limit of i think 11 or 12 titles a month okay so that's how i've been getting most of my stuff yeah, I mean, I Tia, to your point, I think that I'm 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 not trying to say that I completely understand because I realize you're coming from a different perspective that's like has an even higher level of bias and like problems um, in it. But I think that a lot of comic book fans do start off with that whole "you need to read this" or "you're not a comic book fan," which is why we all end up reading things like Watchmen and V for Vendetta and all that stuff to begin with because people are like, "Well, these are the true comic books that you need to know because people reference it." Blah, 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 blah. Um, but, and I think that's stupid because then if you don't like those books, you're like, well, I guess I hate comics because yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. be a comics fan, like, or because I have Thank to read you. this you, to be a comics yes. fan. And it's like, Thank you. Ah, no. Thank you. Yeah, you took the yeah you took the words Sorry. right out of my mouth. Thank you for that. No, no, I appreciate. It cause I couldn't formulate them. Um, yeah, so it's it's really interesting. I just uh, yeah. So what so what I guess what I'm getting at is like when I get down these streaks, like I read all of Rebels like in the last. I started it over Thanksgiving, and then I finished it last night. <clears throat> It was like, I feel like I read a lot of that book and I feel like I understood it, but what did I miss out by spending my time on this book versus another thing? Um, which is the whole question of spending your time on things such as fiction and all that other stuff, because that gets into a whole question of why am I only reading fiction? I should be reading nonfiction. But nonfiction isn't that interesting in my opinion. But then you tell me book like books about books, Tia, like you said, the one that you read the other day about the, da- about the ballet dancer. And I'm like, that sounds fucking cool. Why am I not reading books like that? And then I turn back to my comic books and my, you know, fantasy novels and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, and I just, 
These are the these are the the crises that I battle inside of my head while I'm sitting reading fucking comic books. I mean, I would say read what you like, but also yeah. like use what you like to find new things. Like I love beautiful watercolor stuff, so I was like looking for some beautiful watercolor book that I haven't heard of before and I found that indie book I was talking about. So like, you know, you can like sort of like take the take take something of what you like and use it to push yourself but that's not the same thing as being like i'm gonna hate read this canonical book that everyone's forcing on me (laughs) right right oh i love i love that idea of a hate read i hate this thing so much but i want to educate myself on it if only to be able to understand why i hate it even further i mean that's Um, like every literature class ever (laughs) yeah true true a bunch of dead white guys decided this book was important so now you have to read it exactly like oh my god just shut up about your like white man angst already we get it your life is very hard the picture of dorian gray was so good (laughs) sorry (laughs) my my upstairs neighbor is being the fucking worst right now i'm sorry like doing laundry and stomping around it just oh yeah that's everything that's my, everything is awful my first historical problem right now but. <laughs> speaking of let's talk about when people don't buy us the presents that we want oh no jesus <laughs> I, I i don't know if this will make it directly in the show so maybe i just won't i won't say it whatever xander use this as you will no so this <laughs> sorry just laughing at oh god um so half the reason i got into comic books this is a two-pronged story um I think I've told the first half on the show before, but anyway, so the half the reason I got into comic books, and I think the first comic book that I ever purchased or had purchased for me or whatever, um, that was in my ownership at the end of the day, um, was a friend of mine that I knew from elementary school, and he we were walking through Barnes & Noble, and it was the day before my birthday, and we were just hanging out, like we were 15 or 16 or 17 or something like that. Hanging out in Barnes out and & Noble like Michigan kids do. Yeah, like Michigan kids. So what we would do is, you know, when you're in high school, you would, uh, where I lived, we would go to the mall and you just hang out at the mall, walk around all the stores. You go to Hot Topic, you go to FYE, you go to all the other garbage stores that were there um, because you had nothing to do. And you'd buy a fucking Frappuccino at goddamn Barnes and Noble and then just go hang out in the comic book and manga section and walk around looking at books that you would not buy unless they were on super duper sale and you had a couple bucks. Um, because you're a teenager and you don't spend your money on things except for CDs, apparently. Um, at least that's what I did. And so we're walking out of Barnes and Noble one day and he goes, oh, it's your birthday tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't know if I'm going to do anything because it was like a Tuesday or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably do something this weekend and blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, well, I didn't get you anything. And I was like, oh, don't get me anything. I don't want anything from my friends because we're all fucking poor teenagers. I didn't get you anything because his birthday was in June because like I, I stopped. I don't know if I ever bought for presents for people, whatever. That's the whole thing. Um, I was like, don't buy me anything. I didn't get you anything. It wouldn't. I wouldn't feel right about it. He's like, no, I'm going to get you something. And I was like, oh, fucking K. And so we're walking and we're walking and we come across this like spinner rack and it's got all these Marvel Masterworks books on it. And uh, he's like, oh, you like the X-Men, right? And at this point in my life, I wasn't so into the X-Men that it was like my, a fucking part of my life. It was just a thing that I had said that I liked in elementary school because I watched the animated show and I thought Gambit was cool because he threw cards, right? And that was like a, not like a defining moment. It was just a thing that I had said maybe to this guy five or six years ago. And he's like, oh, you like the X-Men, right? And I was like, sure. So he's like, I'm going to buy this for you. It's like a $20 volume. He buys it for me and I was like, thanks. And I realized, in retrospect, that it was a volume two. 
So I was like, well, he got this for me, so now I, I have to go buy volume one. And, like, I was mad that he had bought it for me, but now I read comic books as part of my fucking life. So thank you to that guy. Part two, fast forward, like, five years. Maybe not five years, whatever. Dating this woman in in college, and she knew I was she knew I was into comics. And so she went out and bought me... She bought me a hardcover version of Spider-Man Volume 18, which is something that I had already bought for myself. And so she got it, and me being an absolute shithead, I was like, she gave it to me for my birthday. And I was like, I didn't want this, is what I fucking said to her, because I'm a piece of shit. I was like, <laughs> which, I which, didn't. One, which, which one was this? Who was this? I'm not going to say the person's okay, name. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but put the timeline but together. But she knows you know. who she is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm just lazy and so didn't she, want to do the math. No, no, it's all right. Uh, so, and I was like, I didn't want this, is what I said. And I was like, oh. and of course, in retrospect, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I think it was like 19 or 20 or something like that. And uh, so, <laughs> so I end up returning it and buying a book that I want because uh, I did. Ever since then, I was like, no one ever, ever, ever buy me comic books because it just makes me frustrated. Even if it's something that I do want, unless I'm directly telling you buy this for me, which is shitty and it's not the way that you should buy presents for people or whatever. Um, like, because they're just supposed to be thoughtful about. It's like buying a comic book, like a volume 18 in a 20 plus volume series is is risky. And I understand the intentions were pure and they were nice, and I feel so bad about it. But like, yeah. So I. Uh, I ask people not to buy me things, so I'm I'm not I'm not bitter about it or anything, but just uh, this is a moment of contention. Most of my life is just like anything that happened more than five years ago. It's just what the fuck was I thinking? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sure eventually I'll reach a point where that doesn't happen anymore, but not yet. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was a piece of garbage in college. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Uh. So be precise. That's why I said you got to be precise with this stuff. Oh, my God. They're putting Porgs on sweaters. I can't deal with this. Porgs the new Ewoks. Is it like an ugly Christmas sweater? No, it's like a Mr. Rogers sweater with Porgs like coming out of the pocket. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, are does it feel a little forced or is it just me with the Porgs? Yeah. No, it's it's they're going real hard on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I am all about this Darth Vader cape, though. Dar- There's a Darth Vader cape available for purchase. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh man, I I I read the uh, the Captain Phasma book, and apparently, like that cape that she wears is like a sign of her rank. So everybody, oh, snap. Like, all the high ranking like stormtrooper officers in star in the First Order have one special stormtrooper armor. And two, a fancy ass cave. <laughs> I like oh it. Oh my god! And they have a porg mug, so you couldn't like drink its liquefied brains out of its head. Oh man, that's my favorite thing to do with all my cute animals. Yes. 